Okay, welcome to episode 88 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. This week, we've got the returning co-host, who is the creator of such titles as Raiders of the Lost Art, The Tay Bridge Disaster, That Comic Smell Comic, and many, many more. It's uh, Dave Robertson. How you doing, dude? Very well. Thank you, Tony. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a Good. long week. We're recording on a Friday has, night, yeah. and it's uh, it's been a long week. How's your... Uh, you back in the office now, I think I heard you say, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, back to pre-COVID hours and uh, resenting it greatly. And uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd really got spoiled and used to having more time to do comic stuff. Um, <laughs> but such is life. Uh, and I'm just glad to be at the end of the week and ready for some uh, Power Man and Iron Fist chat. Good man. Good. Oh, you let it out of the bag there, but that's good. Oh, the, sorry. That's fine. That's fine, man. No, it's good. The yeah, I heard you on Damien's podcast saying, "Oh Christ, I had all this time to make comics, and now I've got to go back to work." <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Yeah, you've made a few, man. So you've done all right. Uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And Damien has just texted me. What a coincidence. There you go. Oh. <laughs> good. Good saying. Are you talking about me? <laughs> yeah, he's third. How's he? How's he know? Yeah. Wow. It's the comics mafia. Good. So generally everything all right, dude? Are you um, a bit tired, but uh, are you enjoying comics and all that sort of thing still? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, everything, everything's just you know, Jim Dandy. <laughs> We're lifers, aren't we? Comics lifers. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. Uh, do you know I was at work once? Uh, this was a few years ago, and I was just getting to new my new manager, and I was sitting doing some with comics, you know. Yeah. And he and he said, uh, "Comics again," and, and I was like. <laughs> Oh, I mean, this was the second time, you know, that yeah. week. He was a religious person, you know. <laughs> what, church again? And, every Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That's what I said. What, like, Jesus again. <laughs> Baby Jesus? What, again? <laughs> again? You've already <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> it's not going on you about know. it. Yeah, yeah. He was, an, he was a nice guy, and, and we came to an understanding. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it's kind of a religion, though. Let's 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 say that it's a kind of a religion. We could start. Yeah, it's a way of life. Yeah, yes. isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Now you've kind of let it out of the bag, but we'll talk about the specific issue. So um, we were going to chat about one book, which I've got to, sitting downstairs, ready to talk about another time. But um, you said to me, why, "Why don't I choose one for you this time?" Which is something I've done a couple of times recently. And what did I choose for you to read, Dave? You chose Power Man and Iron Fist, issue sixty-eight from 1981 we are going to get into chatting about that but I, I would like to pose you a question or put to you a theory of mine and see, see how you react is um i think i'll turn to matt bunce about this and he was saying that he just likes going into the comic shop buying the odd issue here and there and reading it and i think we've fallen out of love of just buying whatever spider-man issue is out or whatever Batman issue is out and reading it. I think people are a little obsessed with getting the run. Do you think that's the case? I think things have certainly changed towards that direction since uh, since we were nippers, reading any issue that came along. Yeah. Um, do you know, I, I, I had that mindset uh, in 1987 when I went into a comic shop and <laughs> they had Watchmen there. And I'd heard about Watchmen. Yeah. But you couldn't get it in newsagents or that. So I'd never been able to read any. Yeah. And so there it was. It was Watchmen issue 12. <laughs> and I thought, 
I thought, well, I'm reading the latest one. No. I, you know, I'm going to pick it up like it's just the latest one and I want to have a read and see what it's like. So I read Watchmen issue 12. You know, the the, the opening six pages with all the the city laid waste. Yeah. That was that was the first Watchmen I read. You must have looked and at all, those thought, squid, all that squid and thought, is it all like this? You know. I, I did have a feeling like maybe I'd missed something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that kind of ties in with what you're saying. Yeah. And I think more and more that is the way it is, isn't it? It really is. And I think there's a couple of reasons I'm going to say. I think decompression, which the, you know we, we hear about all the time, don't we, about how stories are sort of decompressed into a trade, writing for the trade kind of thing, aren't they? Um, yeah. I think that may be a problem. So you kind of got to jump it at the right one in five or one in six storyline bit, um, and and also the they're sort of overcomplicated often these days. You know, who the fuck's that person? And who's this person? And what's all that about? And why is she wearing his costume? And you know, it's all that that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, they are written assuming that you have read the previous eight yeah. episodes of this arc. You know, so they're not going to tell you every time the way they used to. Yeah. Which maybe used to be tiresome a little bit once they, once they collected things and they were repeating the same information. Yeah. Every chapter all the time. But you know, it was we could live with that, couldn't we? Yeah. I, I like the single issues. You know. Me too. I like to pick up a issue of I don't know Marvel two in one or something like that. You know, and read that, and um, yeah. not have to worry what came the week before, and. We didn't really get reprints back in the day, did we? We got the odd thing, you know, Sons of Origins, or we got a Treasury edition or something, but they were few and far between. So there's no way you could catch up with them. Yeah, that's just a lost art. It just reminded me, one of the reasons I asked you to read this one, mate, to be fair. So I thought it'd be nice just to pop into a series um, and just see see how we felt about it, you know, just pop in and see what it's like. Had you previously read any Power Man Nine Fist? I had read... um... I had read Power Man on his own when I was little. Right. Okay. So it was uh, it was in Rampage monthly. Right. Yeah. St- Steve Englehart. With I think wasn't Amiga the Unknown in that as well at one point. Uh, might well have been. Uh, yeah. Not in the one. I've got a few. Right. Okay. As, as with most of my collection, I don't have runs of things when I was a kid. I would pick up different things, you know. Yeah. And um, this one had X Men, Hulk, and. Luke Cage. Oh, nice combo. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was a really good story that that Power Man one. He was kind of tough. He was a tougher hero, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you know he says things like jive talking freaking motherless candidate for the cycle patch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was unusual, you know, when you were like Yeah, it was alien to us, wasn't it? Thinking, I mean, there was a little period when I was very young where I actually believed superheroes were in New York, you know, Mm. because I was, it was such an alien place to us. It was, you know, you know, I didn't really see it on television because I didn't really watch sort of late night television with my parents, you know, the streets of San Francisco or, you know, and whatever, you know, Starsky and Hutch, whatever the New York program was. So I thought, oh, maybe there are these people, you know, maybe Spider-Man is real, but yeah. I still believe that secretly. So the issue we got, I got you to read, I asked you to read, is um, Power Man Iron Fist 68. Uh, 1st of April 1981, it's cover dated or released. Writer was Mary Jo Duffy. Co-plotter was Bob Layton. Penciler, Kerry Gamil, who we'll get to in a minute. Inca, Ricardo Villamonte. Letters, Jim Novak. Colours, Ben Sean. 
Denny O'Neill was the editor. Can you believe it? Um, and Jim Shooter is described as the Gipper. I don't know what that meant. The Gipper. Did you know what that means? No, no I don't. No. Did you spot who did the cover, by the way, dude? Uh, it's Frank Miller, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's I in... recognise his style. Yeah. And interestingly, the co- it's another example of Marvel Comics where the cover doesn't, it doesn't really happen inside, does it? No, it's more of a, it's just a metaphorical cover, sort of. It's summing up the situation and in this one um, other situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You call yourself Power Man, I call you a wimp. <laughs> yeah. It actually sort of harks back a bit to the previous issue, so I'm not... Oh. I'm not really sure well, what right. they were doing, but maybe they just knew that Frank was a happening geezer and thought, I know Mary Jo Duffy was friends of his. I think she'd, she, I've heard her say she got him the Daredevil gig. Oh, right. Yeah, so maybe. Um, wow. And a bright red cover, which is the whole, there was this conspiracy theory with Marvel and DC, wasn't there, where if Marvel put red on their cover, DC thought, well, that's what sells a comic book, we'll put red on our covers as well. And it's got this sort of bright red background, not much background. Yep. He he got a few quid for a cover there. I'm going to say, Frank, where they're like not the not the most effort in the world. Yeah, no, three three figures, eh? Yeah, yeah, and a bit of writing. There yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Goodreads give it a four point five out of five. That's not bad. Um, eBay, I've noticed it's around the four pounds ish. Did you eBay buy it? Did you, dude? Yeah, I did. How, and do you mind me asking how much it was? It was about four pounds something like that it's not too bad i've got i've gotten into this thing of looking for the cheapest one yeah and then sending them some offer (laughs) and then it's and then it's so low that they just they just uh said no they just don't want to do that offer and then i go well you know i get in the huff with them and then i go and buy the the one that's more expensive anyway (laughs) it's pretty self-defeating it's not a very clever way of doing yeah, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be made an offer, don't put the "make me an offer" button on your your. You know, that's the way I see it. Because you can, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a it's a cutting my nose off to spite my face type thing. I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to give a just a sort of little summary of what happens in the issue, and we, we'll do a few sort of favourite moments in a bit as well. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh... it's a bit of a complicated one, isn't it? <laughs> All right, you keep me right uh, when okay. I go wrong. So okay. I, I thought the the opening splash page was good right away. You see Luke Cage's hand coming up with the sea. Yes, that is a lovely first page. I, Although I would like yeah. to question why the sky is red again. Yeah, it's so, it's Turkish delight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of colour. Yeah. So there he is, and uh, we're we're right in the middle of it. Something's obviously happened in the previous issue. Uh, Luke Cage is in the water. Yeah, the the bad guys are saying, "Is he there? Is he there?" All this kind of thing, and then he's sinking, and it looks like he's had it. But then Iron Fist pulls him up out of the water. Yeah, so these are the and goons then... that belong to probably the best named villain in comics, Bushmaster. Um, <laughs> and um, they uh, he he has been depowered in the previous issue. Um, yeah, Luke Cage. So he hasn't got his sort of steel skin on that so he's not sort of um, invulnerable to a certain extent and he's sinking in the water and he's saved by um danny who's iron fist in his slippers again who who brings him up to the surface yeah that's what happens hey before we go any further yeah i, I just thought of this and i have to say it okay never iron fist anything <laughs> thank you yeah so they've they uh, they've made it onto this other boat and uh, 
and on on this, uh, who do we have? Is it Colleen? Is it? I think that's Colleen Wing, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Colleen Wing. Not really up to date with who these okay, people are. We'll go through them in a minute. Yeah, we'll take a, yep. a breather in a sec. So. And you get. Sorry. And sorry, the bloke who's on the bloke who's on Danny Rand's back is, the, I think, the scientist who has taken Luke's powers off him. Yes, he says this is all my fault. He made me experiment on Luke Cage, rob him of his powers. They forced me to do it. My wife. They've kidnapped his wife. That's right. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, awful. So, if only. So, uh, so that's them now. And there's somebody else there as, as well, is there? Uh, I think it's just Colleen, people. isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, and Misty Knight's there as well because she gets involved in the gunfight between the two ships. Oh yeah, Misty Knight is there, uh, and some guy with a moustache as well and blue hair. This is <laughs> often the way. Yeah, that was always, it's always the replacement for black hair, isn't it? Blue hair, seemingly. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's a cop, isn't he? He's one of the investigators. I think he's on the case. Um, yes. And um, Iron Fist takes a dive in the water in order to um, punch a hole. That's right. In the ship, which is pretty cool. I think that's quite a cool move. Yeah, that was quite well done. That that silent panel. It was like there's nothing any of us can do. And then the next panel is Iron Fist diving into the water. Yeah. And the... we start to get a bit of a feel for Luke Cage. He's, I never thought I'd have to hide from from yeah. these guys, you know. So we're starting to get the idea that Luke is feeling bad. He's he's lost his powers. That last panel of um, the close up of Luke's face with. Um... Iron Fist in the background. I love that panel, man. I think that's really good. Um, yeah. Page is that? That's yeah. page seven. But yeah, this. Yeah. We'll talk. About, let's talk a bit about Gamma. What did you think of the art in this? Um, do you know it's probably the sort of art that I would think is good, but unexceptional. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it would stick in my mind. Uh, I'm looking at it thinking it's good. It's done It's done the job. There's good figures in it. Yeah. You know, I'm probably doing it a disservice to saying unexceptional. I'm looking at um, uh, Luke Cage in the water, and there's all the different figures that he's that he's doing. And it yeah. is good. It's dramatic, yeah. Yeah, I think I actually really like it, man. I'm a big fan of his stuff. I think um, he was in comics for a very short amount of time. So he was born in 1954. Grew up a fan of Kirby, Ditko, John Buscema, Gene Colan, Jim Sterenko. First published his work in Marvel Team Up 73, which was Spider-Man Daredevil in 1978. He created Frogman for Marvel Team Up 121, if you remember that character. Um, and then probably kind of, other than um, Pam and Iron Fist, best known for his run on Superman Volume 2, which he did 13 issues of. He did uh, 16 issues of this, um, 11 issues of Marvel Team Up. And then he did, um, you may know this one, The Further Adventures of Indiana Jones. He did four issues of that, which was a cracking little title, actually. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking where I know him from. Maybe it was that. Yeah. Yeah, he did some of the early stuff. Because I think, I think Byrne did some early stuff on that, didn't he? And a couple of other sort of notable. And then he took over for a few issues. Right. Um, yeah. And he did, and if you Google him, he comes up all over Star Wars. Because he did, um, I think he did Star Wars 102 in that original run, the one we talked about before. Um, would that have been Joe Duffy at the time, I'm guessing? Probably. Joe, Joe Duffy wrote it right till the end, yeah. Oh, okay. Start, yeah. Maybe she got him back on. Um, he sadly left. Does movie and TV work. Um, uh, went and did... Uh, to earn 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to feed his family. He went and did yeah. uh, Virus, Species 2, Out of Limits TV series, Tremors, the TV series, amongst other things. Um, his artwork is actually quite sought after because I think he's good and he did so little 
And I mm. think especially the Superman stuff, I think you're going to pay about four four k four thousand dollars for a a page of his work, wow. which is okay. pretty good. I yeah. found him. This this is the period of, for me, sort of peak burn, peak Miller, um, peak Perez. You know, this little sort of maybe five six year period from here onwards. Um, yeah, I found him a good, like you, I think maybe I found him a good solid artist. He knew what he was doing. He 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 didn't. There was nothing phoned in in these issues. Yeah, and he gets facial acting as well. I think there's quite a lot mm-hmm. of that going on in this one, isn't there? You know, there's a lot yes. of sort of pained faces, and you know, um, yeah. I mean, if you look at all these cops who are firing their guns, he's got them all, isn't he? You know, and the, and the, the gangsters firing back, and when Luke's look, looking around the corner, that's proper comic acting, you know? Yeah, to me, yeah, it's, especially yeah. the the Luke Cage bit at the bottom there yeah, is is good. Yeah, very good. I really like his stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um, the uh, we'll talk a little bit about Joe Duffy. I know we talked about Joe before, so if you go back to our Star Wars episode, you'll hear us talk about Joe Duffy, but Mary Joe Duffy. But there's a couple of things um, I listened to an interview about with her, um, which is one of these sort of women in comics interviews that Marvel did, and um, she's proper interesting. I tell you now, I really like her. Um, she was a big fan of comics as a kid. Um, her older brother was a guy, was a guy called Malachi, and he got her comics. He got his comics, and she would sort of steal them off him and, re- and read them. And she loves Luke Cage because she likes to write him as a wronged person. And that comes across in this one as well, doesn't it? Because it's almost like a sort of semi-origin story, isn't it, this a bit? Yeah. Yeah. That that storyline with his, his good old friend. Yes. And the way that turns out, you know, that's that's emotional. Yeah. yeah. And he is, he is wronged there. Yeah. She was desperate I to... did like it when he turned up, and I didn't know the backstory, but... He's um, he says, "Come on, we've always been brothers, Luke." Kind of thing, and yeah. he says something like, "Yeah, you know, if you married my sister, we'd have been brothers." Yeah, I really like that as a little added line. It yeah. gave a history of him living in Harlem, didn't it? You know. Yeah, mm. I, I did think though you could say that to anybody, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've got a sister, Dave, but we could be brother-in-laws. The um, oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I've got a sister. There you go. So um. What happened, Joe Duffy loved this series, and it was it was on its arse. It was not selling. It had already been um, Luke Cage as a Power Man as a solo series and Iron Fist as a solo series, neither of which were selling. So they they did that sort of cunning sales thing at the time of just combining them, making them these sort of partners. And it was not doing brilliantly. We'd had a little bit of burn on there. Um, Claremont had been writing it, but he, Claremont kind of wasn't into it. So, um, and our own admissions, uh, Joe Duffy, she says she glammed, glammed herself up and went in parent wearing a pair of stockings and swung her legs over the desk and asked Shooter if she could write Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, so he said, well, why don't you write Miss Marvel? Bearing in mind that Joe was a woman, you know. And uh, Claremont says, no, you're not writing her. I enjoy writing her. And uh, she said, well, I'd rather write men, to be fair. Um, right. And she got the Power Man and Iron Fist, which you, I actually loved her on it. I think she's... She's she's a very clever writer in that she 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 says she writes um, about people and the adventure comes sort of secondary, which I really like. Um, yeah. But anyone you hadn't read them as a sort of pair as a sort of team up, how did they come across for you, man? Were they real or did they feel you know? Uh, reading this now, it seemed you know as real as anything else in these superhero comics. I, I'm reminded that. 
I did as a kid used to look and go, Power Man and Iron Fist. Why are those two hanging out? You know, it seemed yeah. a bit forced as a kid. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, the ones I the ones I did read were a bit later than this. It was the when they were doing the Secret Wars two crossovers and all okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So that so that wasn't Joe Duffy. That was somebody else, Jim Owsley or something. I think you're right. There's a really weird thing that I think it was Owsley actually. I think at the end of this, um, it only runs to issue one two five. This comic and um is cancelled and they surprise kill off iron fist at the end of it oh yeah which is really bizarre and a lot of people went sort of what did you do about that and then iron fist doesn't come back for years i think it's like 93 when um uh john burn brought him back in the namor series he was doing um because he didn't agree with the fact that um He'd been killed off. He hate, yeah, he hated the fact that he'd been killed. Was the quote? So yeah, it's nineteen ninety two. Name of twenty one to twenty five. They brought him back. Really strange. Just a really sort of weird moment, you know. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, should we read on a bit, bit more, and then um, I'll, I'll um, interject yeah. a little bit of history again. Yeah. So yeah, where did we get? Where we've got to the, right. So now we're back on Civvy Street now. Outside the police headquarters with Misty yeah. Knight, who's looking saucy but has got blue hair again. Yep, and, and Colleen chat, Wing has got chat. Colleen Wing has got a samurai sword just swung over her shoulder. Well, yeah. That's what you do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, then he meets his pal, who was called uh, Connors, Cam Connors. Yeah, and was set up that they were great buds back in the day. And can you help me out? Yeah, I'll do that. So he needs a van, doesn't know, he, Luke? He needs a van to right. do the raid on. Yeah, um... sorry, I'm being a bit too vague. No, that's fine. That's a... fine. That's fine. Yeah, and. Um, I really like this next page because uh, Luke Cage is walking about and he's kind of, I've not got my powers, you know, how, how am I going to get on kind of thing. Or I do laugh, though, even, even though he hasn't got his powers, he's still wearing his chainmail belt oh, yeah. and his tiara. He's, I, I suspect <laughs> he's still a very formidable person, even though he doesn't have his yeah, power. Yeah, Yeah. But, um, you know, while we're worrying about him for this, oh, you know, jumps this uh, bright blue gorilla with a... With a <laughs> Guy's head shouting revenge and attacks him. Yeah. Which is just great comic uh, nonsense. I thought that was terrific. <laughs> Do you know, as, as, I, as I was reading this, I was trying to think what, what young Tony got out of this. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was really kind of wondering why you picked it, of course, as I was reading it. And I was wondering if you felt some empathy with Luke cage having lost these powers and maybe you were a bit worried about them and things yeah and this, uh, yeah because it's quite well done that you, you are worried that he's getting into superpower fights but he doesn't have his invulnerability anymore that's very true actually man and i don't i don't generally like the losing the superpower trope that appears most famously i think in the superman movies doesn't it and um yeah. i really don't like it generally but like you say, mm. Luke is like he's a he's sort of streetwise guy, isn't he? But he's a clever guy as well, and you know he's yeah. going to be all right. And later on, we see him like he's got like a Gatling gun he's firing or something, isn't he? At one point, um, yeah. And um, That's yeah, right. I really, I really liked um, the way he sort of struggles through. I think, I think it's great. I mean, to be fair, I did choose it because one, I knew you liked Joe Duffy. Two, I wanted to talk about Kerry Gamble and. Three, I wanted to do something that was Power Man, Iron Fist, but also just to jump in somewhere, 
just to like yeah. feet jump in and read a comic without having to worry about all the the you know nobody's comics is perhaps one of the few places that people do that nobody goes coronation streets on tonight yeah but i haven't seen the last 60 years i'll probably have to go back to the start and watch it well no you don't just watch it and enjoy it man you know um yeah i think i I never understand that i think that's overplayed that whole thing of something's issued 690 that'll put you off because you haven't read all the rest of them I mean, we never worried about that. No, not at all, did we? My first X-Men was, like, issue 129. I mean, so what? Yeah. You yeah. just read it to see if it was any good. Exactly. So this this uh, this battle continues in very good fashion. And uh, what's he called? Nagan. Yeah, um, Arthur Nagan, um, also, occasionally, also occasionally called Gorilla Man. Now, he is drawn yeah. brilliantly. That's one of the things yeah. that I think he does well here. Because Arthur Nagan is kind of this, like, super big, powerful albeit blue again gorilla but he's got like this sort of just this sort of middle class bloke's head on it isn't it you know a bloke well it's yeah. like a bloke who looks like he works in a garage they've stuck his head on the top of it that's uh, right yeah and he's he's throwing he's throwing bin cans at luke cage full of stuff he's throwing lamp uh, uh like meters i've never understood meters. the the rubbish bin thing it happens you get it in a lot of movies don't you um, the old school rubbish bins, they weren't very heavy. They they wouldn't have really, they're easy to avoid. They probably mm. just, the rubbish would have came out if they hit you. But they do look, visually, they look quite nice, don't they, when somebody throws a rubbish bin at someone? I think that yeah. might be the reason. I'm reminded of being at a Twisted Sister concert when I was 15. And uh, the drummer decided to, they had like fake dustbins on the stage. So during the song, um, I'm a Sick Motherfucker, he threw the dustbins into the crowd and we thought it was brilliant. It always reminds uh-huh. me of that. Yeah, it's, uh... that was a nice bit of stagecraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Luke sort of barely escapes, doesn't he? He sort of manages yeah, to hide he... in the sewers, yeah. and he gets away with it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. But Gamel again. Um... Look at that last panel on that page. Gamel can do it, can't he? He's like just you know, he's saying few. The yeah, he's, right. he's looking round. He's a bit nervous. He's making sure he's safe. Gamble communicates yep. loads of that through the art, doesn't he? Yeah, the story's all there. You know what's happened. Yeah. That's good stuff. And Nagin's visually is a great character. I think I love seeing him. So he was um, created in Mystery Tales 21 in 1954, believe it or not. Later brought back by Steve Gerber as the head of the um, leader of the Headmen in the Defenders. Do you remember them? They all had different heads. The woman had sort of a big bowl for a head, but quite a sexy body. Do you remember them? Mm-hmm. No, I don't remember yeah. that. Defenders 21 and 31 to 36. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, it's a typical sort of Gerber crazy, you know. Um, yeah, you can tell this is a villain that Gerber would go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm using him. Look at the state of him. Let's talk a little bit about um, about Luke while, we, while we're at it. Because I think he's mm. a great character. I really do like him as a character. So, created by Archie Goodwin. Get this, Archie Goodwin, George Tusker, Roy Thomas and John Romita. Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, June 1972. Um, Archie Goodwin and Roy Thomas had talked about creating a character um, because of the popularity of um, the movie genre, the black exploitation movie genre, which was popular at the time. I'm not sure exactly how popular it was. I don't think they were making like hundreds of you know Star Wars money or anything like that. But they were certainly in Forty Second Street, and you know we were getting some of them over here. Um, he was the first black American superhero to star in his own series. Um, he lived in. He lived in and had his office in an old cinema, didn't he, in 42nd Street, um, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Try and get a 
old cinema on 42nd Street. And you need to be Donald Trump, I think, these days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and he lived there and he had this guy called D.W. Griffiths, who was like his like little, he looked a bit like Commandy, this dude. And he sort of hung about with him and helped, he put the films on and helped him do a bit of detective work and stuff like that. And it was a good little early run. I mean, I know you said you read an issue there. It was, it was all right, wasn't it? It was quite a good little run then. Yeah, I liked it. It was. Uh, I think it was probably a bit too mature for me to be reading when I was reading it. So that's always you like that. Yeah. You know, it scares you a bit. It was. It's full of knives. People getting stabbed. <laughs> People with sharks' teeth and stuff like that, yeah. and firing guns that knives come out of, and you know, throwing acid at people and stuff. Yeah, it was quite yeah. gritty, wasn't it? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was a good one. He um, obviously started in this. I mean, Bendis took him and ran with him and. I mean, he's now pretty much, a, you know, a, an A-lister character at Marvel. We've obviously had the TV series that he's the various TV series he's been in, um, which are okay. I'm overly fussed with those series, much better than the Iron Fist ones. Um, he's actually he's married now. Um, he's had a kid. Um, his nanny was Squirrel Girl, and he's been the leader of the Avengers. So he's done all right for himself, you know, from these sort of humble beginnings. Um, but yeah, a great little oh. character, and he was sort of set up and wronged and sent to prison experimented on escaped and then eventually um they pardoned him or you know re- re- removed the charges sort of thing um yeah what do you yeah, think the go over is there sorry sorry mate go on no i was just going to you reminded me that the go over is uh, origin in this yes and, I, I, and I loved that i love the caption that he's uh he's doing experiments and it just says it you know blankly i mean there's there's no problem here after injecting luke with a deadly disease <laughs> noah placed him in a tank of chemicals and charged it with massive amounts of electricity <laughs> of course he did you know i mean that's fine happens in all prisons all around the world yeah yeah <laughs> but sorry you, you were going to ask something there and <laughs> no, i was going to say um i know we touched on it a bit earlier but i was going to say about the whole buddy cop thing because this is a buddy cop book isn't it yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, the two unlikely friends. Yeah. Is there anywhere else in comics that you could compare that to? Anywhere else in uh, Marvel or DC or anything like that? You think, oh, that's that's a, this again. You know, they're doing the buddy cop, the buddy buddy cop type thing. When they get too, I don't know. Would would uh, would Booster Gold and. Yes. Blue Beetle count. That was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, that was that was one oh, I was right. going to say. Yeah. yeah, and sort of slightly antagon- antagonistic at times, but best friends. And also, I suppose they're a bit from two worlds as well, aren't they? Compared to these two guys. Um, yeah. Because you got Luke Cage from you know, the streets of Harlem. Uh, you know. Uh, there was a just. I'm thinking of the, the in between when. Uh, Han again in Star Wars was frozen in carbonite. Joe Duffy did a lot of stories that were Luke and Lando going around doing things. Right. And you really get to see how the two of them, their dynamic was. They really built quite a dynamic. And then, of course, it wasn't in the next film at all. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So there's something yeah, she so was invested in. Characters. Yeah. yeah. The other one that they tried it with and I really liked was um, they did a bit of that with Wonder Man and the Beast in the Avengers. Um, which is kind of cool, kind of like that as well. Good. Okay, so let's move on a little bit. So they've, um, oh yeah, they're in the green lorry. <laughs> yes, with the champagne. Yeah, we're in matching. See, they've got champagne. Matching red shirts, and um, they they managed to get into the the grounds of Bushmaster's estate. Yes. Um, 
and uh, in the back are Misty, Iron Fist, and Colleen with her samurai sword. Um, and then we do. Punches the guard, and he's uh, he's shocked because it hurt his hand. He's not used to this. Yeah, it's anymore. great. I love it. So it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the then we get this flashback, don't we? Then we get this story about him yes. and his mate who who may That's do right. the dirty on him in a minute. Um, and and a little bit of the story of his origins and how he got set up with the heroin. Oh. And it's done in slightly sort of muted colours, isn't it? It's different. I'm actually reading it on the app. Oh, I do have the oh. issue, but I haven't dug it out. Is it is it muted like that in the actual issue, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's quite well done, just to signify it's the, it's the flashback bit of the story. Yeah. And it was good to read and see that he actually did have a relationship with Connor's sister, <laughs> Reva. Reva? Reva. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and she was, in fact, the first girl Luke ever loved. He has never cared for anyone quite as much since. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, two panels later, you see her car, you know, spinning off a mountainside. <laughs> <laughs> Reva, who got caught in the violence between two rival gangs while she was chasing the impossible dream of clearing Luke's name and getting him released. Reva who died. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a hell of a story arc yeah. in that one panel, isn't it? Really. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Reva. <laughs> you're you're done. You can go home now. <laughs> yeah. Class. Um, yeah. And then we get back, and so we get this origins retelling, um, and then we got him standing right the last panel of the the last page of the origin bit. You got him saying, "And now I couldn't punch my way out of a, out through a wall of jello. I never realised till now how much I enjoyed having them powers." I never wanted it to end, never. Nice little hero moment there, isn't there, you know. He still looks like he could pound you to paper, do you know what I mean? But he's uh, he's regretting his, in, you know, yeah. I do what, I do like his costume. It's a shame they had to change that and shave his head. I kind of like that Power Man costume. I thought it was kind of cool. I remember drawing it as a kid. Yeah, and it's that, that big chain that he uses instead of a belt. I mean, that's hardcore. That can't be comfortable. <laughs> it can't be, can it? Yeah. I think, as I remember, wasn't it the costume? He went to get a costume, and it was an old costume of an escapologist or something like that, I think. Ah. Hence the chains. That's where I think that came from. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, um, just outside the estate, the blue gorilla is climbing over the fence. Yeah. <laughs> and they keep making this point that there are 10,000 volts in that fence. I think somebody said it earlier. Yeah. You know, let me just turn it off. There's 10,000 volts in there. <laughs> and then there's a big sign saying danger, 10,000 volts. I wonder what that's yeah. going to do. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. Gorilla Man goes, eh? 10,000 volts? <laughs> I wonder why we're foreshadowing that. But yeah, I, went, I did one worry a bit about, because he's not, he's not afraid of being naked, is he, um, Nagan? He sort of... Yeah, right. I know he's a blue gorilla, but there's got to be some dong action there somewhere. It does seem to be sort of inked out quite heavily, doesn't it? You know, it's it's kind of a forerunner of the aforementioned Watchmen. <laughs> yes, that's true. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue and naked. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Iron Fist is break sneaking around in the. Uh, it looks like a mansion, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a very fancy place with uh, I've forgotten her name again. Colleen. Colleen. Yeah. Got, and she's got her sword out, so we mean business. Yeah. And you know, it's a it's a really good uh, picture of her kicking that guy. I mean, I mean, he, that yeah. guy must be dead. He's got to be dead. His head's come off. That is a cracking kick, isn't it? 
oh yeah, she's excuse me, mm-hmm, and wallop, you know. Yeah, she's knocked him backwards there. Look, with his, he's got his fancy machine gun, sci-fi looking machine gun, but she's done him right in the face from a standing position. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. What's going on? Oh, do you know what? I've just noticed that not only is she kicking him, she's also grabbed his gun at the same oh, time. Oh yeah, good old. She's got a hold of that gun as well. Did you ever read wow. any of the, the the stories in um, Deadly Hands Kung Fu with her and um, Daughters of the you Dragon? Know, I'm sure I had a Deadly Hands of Kung Fu magazine, and I was looking for it this week, and I can't find it, but I'm sure I had one. But I can't remember anything about it. Yeah, they, they were good. They were good. I think yeah. George Perez did some of them. And they had the um, Sons of the Tiger as well, which is obviously a link into other moments in this run, don't we? Because we get the Sons of the Tiger, um, White Tiger stuff later on. Um, right. And there's the scientist's wife looking yeah. every bit as cliched as a scientist's wife could be, yeah. tied up um, yeah. with three people standing uncomfortably close to her. Yeah. Yeah, that man There's behind three, her three is too close. Isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I know you got to fit. These, okay. I know you got to fit him in a panel, but he's a little too close behind her. That's a bit creepy, Blondie. There. Oh yeah. 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 Um, in fact, the three the three figures in that panel look like they've just been drawn without any real regard for where they would be standing in a room <laughs> in reality. Having this person, yeah, they do. They just. They? Made, I just draw one there, draw one there. Draw. We're getting to the bottom of the panel, right? I'll put his feet in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's cool, it's cool though. It looks yeah, cool. it looks all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's have a little talk about Iron Fist. Um, created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane, first appeared in Marvel Premiere 15, May 1975, Daniel Rand. Um, before Thomas uh, Roy Thomas saw Enter the Dragon, he saw a movie called what he describes as Ceremony of the Iron Fist. Now, I think he's got that wrong. Um, I think what he's actually talking about is either a movie, this movie had two names it was either King Boxer or The Five Fingers of Death and came out in 1972 starring Lo Lee and Wang Ping and it was allegedly the movie that sort of kick-started the martial arts craze in the States and I think that's what he's remembering um, It's he started in Marvel premiere and did quite a few issues in that then span out into his own series before um, joining Power Man in, and which then issue 50 became Power Man and Iron Fist it ran, and which I say it ran 125 issues. Um, Burn drew some. I mean, there's there's some great artists who did um, some Iron Fist stuff. He's now a legacy hero, um, and there's a series of people who have had the name and the power of Iron Fist, most notably a guy called Orson Randall, who was his predecessor, who's the one who has the guns with the bullets that fire sort of Iron Fist power and stuff. Have you ever seen him? Oh. He's a bit like a pulp version of him. No, I don't know him at all. Yeah, it's uh, either there are it's, it's it's become an interesting character. I kind of like him. I, I'm guessing you haven't seen the TV series. I, I would suggest you never watch it. It's awful. Um, okay, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I think we'll be all right. The the bloke who plays him looks like he's learned his kung fu from a sort of boys boy band dance move video. It's terrible. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, good favorite character of mine. Yeah. I always found. What, what do you make of? Iron Fist's little yellow slippers that he wears. <laughs> no, yeah. For, for kicking in the face. Yeah, they kind of. Did they wear martial arts slippers like that? I'm, did they? I'm not sure, actually. They look like little yoga yeah. slippers or something. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought thought they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of like his costume. He's... Yeah. Yeah, I know there's a sort of gold version of it. He's, uh, you know, his, his yellow mask that he wears. Yeah. I. 
As a kid, I always thought, oh, he just looks like Spider-Man. Yeah, there's a bit of that, isn't there? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think I took offence at that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I said to could have tried. I remember meeting Ron Wilson in New York and saying to him, "Oh, could you do me a Master of Kung Fu?" He was, you know, he was doing commissions. I said, "Could you do a Master of Kung Fu?" And he said, "Is he one with the, the yellow mask and the big eyes?" And I went, "No, no." I said, "He's a different one." He went, "Oh, I don't think I know him then." And I, th- I thought we've well, drawn him about hundred times, but that's fine, Ron. You're you're a dude. And I said, uh, <laughs> "How about a thing?" He went. My friend, I can do a thing all day. And he sat there and drew me a thing, and I watched him, and it's brilliant. The best day ever. But yeah, yeah. So I know what you mean. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so did you want to describe what's happening now, Dave? <coughs> well, it's mayhem. It's mayhem all the way. <laughs> Luke is now opening a box, and it's got a big gun in it. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of saying, oh, I've got a, I've got a plan. I said, this bit made me laugh as well. <laughs> because she's like, why, why are you opening the box? Ah, oh, well, I've got a plan, you see. I've got, I've got this gun here. And then he's like, hey, suckers, wake up. And he starts firing this gun at nobody in particular. And the person that was going to shoot goes, what? I missed. Yes. The noise of the gun. And then what's going on? And they go through to see. And so his, his tactic of firing a mental machine gun repeatedly at nobody in the other room has worked. <laughs> There's nobody in there. <laughs> I mean, I, mean it just, I, I did enjoy it. I was sitting chuckling reading this today. <laughs> and, um, and then just to finish it off, Iron Fist kicks that guy in the face. Uh, Colleen's busy punching the other guy. Everybody's getting punched and battered. Yeah. And then uh, Luke's got a grenade, a kind of smoke bomb thing going on. Pleasant dreams jerks. He throws it, they're all falling over. Great. i got a little present and... for him. Yeah, he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Nagan has just landed over the fence. So that took him a long time to climb that fence. But he's literally just landed <laughs> on the ground. But he did dodge the 10,000 volts. Luckily. So that was good. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. His fur isn't on fire. Um, and then... Um, we get the confrontation with Connors. So it turns out that Connors is actually double-crossing him. Um, yes. he's, I'm just making... I liked, Go on, man. I liked Misty's reaction as Negan comes running up the street there and she goes, what in blazes is that? <laughs> yeah, it's what you would <laughs> say, isn't it? I like, yeah. I like to imagine he's never seen this guy before. And this gorilla with a head is running up the street. Because <laughs> up until that point for her, it was like, you know, it could have been... You know, an episode of a, just a cop drama, couldn't it, really? That's and then out of the fucking yeah, yeah. blue, there's this bloke with a human, like a big fat human head <laughs> on it and a, like a blue gorilla body. Yeah, I think I'd have probably... she must be. She must be rolling her eyes like, oh, I thought we were going to have a normal kind <laughs> yeah. of... What was in that gas? Day, but look, yeah. here we yeah. go, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it turns out Connors has been double-crossing him. And yeah. um, he says, no, he just he was just making sure that Nagan, Mr. Blue Gorilla, reaches him. Yeah. And then just out the blue, now this is slightly, I'm not going to say forced because I really like Joe Duffy's writing, but sort of coincidentally, you know, the you know the uh, the, the 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 nature of tragedy is comedy. Um, just this bloke sort of appears from out the smoke and accidentally shoots Connors, doesn't he? Yeah. Lousy, Lousy scum. scum. Yeah. Yeah. And he's meant to look like a sort of Italian hood, isn't he? That dude. Yeah, he's got that sort yeah. of look about him. Matches Malone kind of kind of guy. Um, and Connors goes down. Um, mm. And, it turned... and I liked the way that there, uh, that Luke is going for the kind of what is the meaning of all this? <laughs> yeah, what? why did you do this? What is was it because of Reva? I didn't want her to die, you know. And he's like, "Come on, I did it for the money." <laughs> I thought, oh, that's, yeah. 
Yeah. And again, you know, pace distance time. The um, the gorilla hasn't reached them yet, but he does at this point. Yes. Luke escapes by jumping in what looks to be like a toy car, but I think it's like a golf cart. <laughs> Yeah, it is, doesn't it? It's like a little toy car. Anyone he doesn't get far at all. No, anyone who's been in a golf cart, it, it doesn't go very fast. Even I could probably catch a golf cart when it starts off. You know. It's a, but yeah. as the blue gorilla does, and he sort of flings him into the electric fence. Um, mm-hmm. Nice effect on the fence. I like that. I like I like that sequence. So we get a sequence where Luke lands on the fence, is electrocuted, and sort of sits there, and he looks as if he's dead. Um, yes. obviously if you see your friend your best friend dead you shout oh heart of the dragon no which is obviously that's right. the first the first reaction that um, Danny has and that's a great panel yeah. another great panel and then the final panel in the page is it started to rain I think it's raining isn't it for effect so the electricity yes. can help and he's Negan is sort of banging his chest standing over him and he, that's a great panel man so good I love that panel and he thinks it's funny yeah he's, la- he's laughing a lot yeah he thinks it's really funny and then the next page is a favourite of mine. Did you like it? Or I think that's probably my favourite fa- page of the book, actually. Yeah, it's the big dramatic as he as he gets up moment. Yeah, yeah it's nice. So actually, go on, man. As I was reading it, and he was going to stand up, you know, I did think, oh, that those ten thousand volts are going to have given him all these powers back. You know. Yeah, yeah. What ten thousand volts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <coughs> Excuse me. And it's a great fight, isn't it? It then turns into a. A sort yeah. of almost like an equal fight, doesn't it? They're both sort of pretty powerful, um, That's right. and it does go on for a few pages. You know, it's it's a nice pulled out three page fight, which was, um, I suppose, in a book that we've packed. There's a lot of story in this comic, isn't there? <laughs> you know, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they're all over the place, fighting in the sea, dying in the sea, almost. You know, fighting in buildings and in the street, and then finally, this the she allows Joe and. Um, and Kerry allow this story, this this fight to to travel out amongst three pages, and it's really well done. And that last yeah. panel where he kicks him full on in the in the guts, I think is a mm-hmm. brilliant panel, really good. Yeah. You really see how odd uh, Negan's body is in that drawing, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it, it's odd. He's 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 macabre, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want him dating your daughter, would you? That dude. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I also like the other panel on the previous page of him jumping in midair towards the cage yeah oh yeah really good yeah and like like a gorilla you know he's he's using that he's got these sort of extended arms and yeah no really good even down to the little curled up toes at the end of the feet and Mm -hmm. yeah looks really good Uh, i'd say that panel i mentioned with him kicking him in the guts if you i i I always i keep looking at that face of negan and thinking looks like stalin drew that there's a little bit of the stalin about the face there Mm-hmm. Um, Could be, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was reasoning you at the time, Gamal. So I'm, I'm guessing, you know. But I mean, out of the gate, he's brilliant. Out of the gate, this is great. You know, and I think this is one of his first bits of work, really, you know, over a period of sort of couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. Really good. And then we get the classic. Do you, me- <laughs> do you remember whenever someone was caught in superhero comics? They were caught and they were being strangled. You could uh, apparently there's this move where you can whack someone in the ears, and it makes them let go. Oh, yeah. It like stuns them. Yeah. Have you ever yes. tried doing that? I've, I've tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> I've not tried doing it, no. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you now. Not at all. A waste of time. It didn't, didn't work, no. No, it didn't okay. go very well. Well, I'll, I'll go for some other move next time I need to <laughs> yeah. escape somebody's gasp, yeah. <laughs> but this one, he sort of squeezes his head, doesn't he, to get him to let go. Um, yeah. And that's a Can great... Can you imagine? Yeah, from behind. 
Yeah, and he's squeezing you his know, head. That's a great panel of him squeezing that dude's head. I think that looks great. Yeah. Yeah. He just looks like, to me, he looks like some bloke who worked in the warehouse in Mad Men has been had his head grafted onto a gorilla's body. That's kind of... But I think he's meant to be some super scientist, isn't he, who experiments and does that. It's his thing, putting different heads on things. <laughs> yep, that sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Pulling the head off things, awesome. as they say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... And then we get the um, and then we get the sort of end of it. Um, he's defeated. He's got his powers back. And I, you know, you know these stories where you know we, he's recovered the scientist's wife, and don't you worry about a thing, honey, says Luke. And I think you know it's all friendly, ha ha. You know, like the end of a an episode of a TV series where everyone's happy and they're laughing. But he does say to that yeah. Connors, him, he's just a piece of the past now. You can take him out with the rest of the garbage. Oh. oh yeah, he's brutal with him. Yeah, he's completely. You're not forgiven. Uh, you're just nothing to me now. You know, our entire lives together are, are nothing. You're just a piece of nonsense. You're just, you're just part of the past. Take him away. Yeah. Uh, he was brutal. Yeah. I did. I did like um, Iron Fist in, on this last page. Things are going on, and he says, "I don't understand any of this." <laughs> And I thought, yeah, with you, with you, Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah. They they're so weird, aren't they, as a couple? But they work so well, Iron Fist and Power Man, don't they? I just, I kind of just like really like the fact that they're buddies. I don't know why, it just like really appeals to me. Yeah. Do you know there was another good bit with the difference between them um, earlier on, and he says. Someone like, hey, I hate to say this, uh, Iron Fist, but in your other identity as Danny Rand, you're a millionaire. You know, can I borrow loads of money? Because I need oh, to yeah. buy a lot of stuff. Yeah. And Danny went, yeah, just whatever you need, man. But he still oh, borrows this yeah. fucking lorry, this green lorry off his mate. Yeah. But there you go. Mm. Good stuff. The um, this is, I I actually think if all comics were like this now, we'd be we'd be fine. Do you know what I mean? That's how I see it. Um, good monthly storytelling with solid, well-made art and clever writing. Uh, you know, I mean, she she was Joe Duffy writes some excellent stuff. I think the quote I heard her say was she just wanted to write action and adventure, and I think she does that. But she sent it as I say, centers in on the characters. Did it? Did it ever occur to you that this was a woman writing it? It never did to me. I never. I knew it was a woman, but it never, never affected whether I would buy it or not. Was that was it the same with no, you? No, never, never made any difference. Like no. no, and she says that she's in this interview at Marvel, and it's a sort of women of Marvel comics. It's quite a good little run of different interviews with people, and she says, "I didn't like writing women, but I was good at writing men." But you know. You don't have to be something to write something. And I'm thinking, and you could hear the interviewer go, you could see, I was thinking she's going to say something. And then the interview sort of half-heartedly said something a bit later on, but she sort of let her get away with it because she was this sort of iconic writer, you know. And um, I don't. I think she writes two people, you know, two blokes, one who lives in this sort of martial arts commune and uh, a black dude from Harlem. And I think when she was asked about it, she said the one thing that she did get, she got 42nd Street. Um mm which is interesting. So she got New York of the time, I suppose, which is a whole different time place than it is to is now. You know? uh, I'm a bit taken aback that she th- she said she couldn't write women because she was really good at that as well. I mean, the her Star Wars, the stuff with Leia and there was this other character, Danny, and the two of them 
God, great characters okay. in the action. Yeah. All that, yeah. I mean, maybe she meant it about Miss Marvel specifically then in that case. Um, yeah, maybe. She just didn't latch onto her. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Claremont, Claremont didn't want to give it up anyway. Um, no. Yeah. She's she's a really interesting writer. I suppose the other person we should mention as well is Bob Layton. So Bob Layton is, I think his credit is co-plotter on this thing, Dave. Is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah, co-plotter. Cool yeah, I mean... We could do an whole episode on Bob Layton. And Bob Layton, he's, you know, he's he really was. We forget quite how much of his fingerprints are on comics, really. Um, he met Roger Stern while he was working at a local radio station, and him and Stern did a fanzine um, called CPL Contemporary Pictorial Literature. Um, started as a, started as a listings magazine, then just became a sort of comics magazine. This led to them to the, producing the Chart and Comics Bullseye magazine, which was um, a bit like Chart and Comics' Wait. version of Foom. Um, mm -hmm. and then he became um, he apprenticed with Wally Wood um, his first Marvel work was uncredited because he had to ink a page in the Avengers and the Savage Sword of Conan I'm guessing it was one of those extra pages that they used to have in the Marvel weeklies so that they could you know fill out the story um, mm -hmm. and then with the help of Neil Adams and the Krusty Bunkers he, he came through after offering to do an inking job in a, in a weekend on an Iron Man issue Um and they sort of helped him out, and he got that in. And he worked. He did All Star Comics, Secret Society of Supervillains, DC Superstars, and DC Special at DC. And then, of course, he did the big run, the Iron Man run, um, with Michelini, yeah. which he co-wrote. And we got all the stuff like Demon in a Bottle and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, X Factor, Amazing Spider Man, you name it. And then he was responsible for creating Valiant with Shooter and Barry Windsor Smith, amongst others. Um, major architect of Valiant. You know, this dude really, really did stuff, you know. I think everyone's like, oh, he's the bloke who sort of signs Iron Man photographs, you know, and does recreations of Iron Man covers and sort of hangs out hangs out a bit on the set of Iron Man. But he's so much more than that. He's, he's a cracking artist as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy his Iron Man run, dude? Was that something you were reading? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I, read, <clears throat> I read bits of that here and there. I, thought, I think I told you before that the Demon in the Bottle was the first one I read of Iron Man. Oh, no, I heard you tell Damien that the other day. Yeah. Yes. So you were saying, like, you know, you decided to read an Iron Man. It just so happened to be that, like, amazing classic, you know, when you jumped yeah, in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I had that look. You could recognise that. I think sometimes Bob Layton was just doing inking or maybe finishes on yeah. John Romita or yeah. Junior. And he, he he did have that look, didn't he, to the me, the metal armor? Yeah, really nice, wasn't it? Because they did like versions yeah. of it. They had like a outer space armor, didn't they? And they had like a a covert armor and all this sort of thing. I think. Yeah. And um, he was, didn't he do that Hercules? Mini yes, series? he did. Yeah, I think both of them. That's in fact, good. that was a cracking miniseries, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Set in the far future, wasn't it? So all the Marvel heroes and everybody—that was all history now. Yeah. And of course, Hercules was still alive in the in the science fiction. And does he? He, he he does a, He has a drinking. He he drinks Galactus. He, he rather than fighting Galactus, doesn't he like drink him under the table in one episode? Yeah, one there's issue. there's a lot of humour in it that's in that right. series, which I enjoyed. Yeah. That was like mid eighties or something. It was, and that, Prince it, of Power. That's it. And he had that recorder who used to hang about with him, who was recording his stories. Yes, um, I think it was the first time we saw um, Galactus with his hat off. I think that's one of the... <laughs> <laughs> It's good. Yeah. Why, why not? Yeah. Get the heart off. Exactly. Yeah, good. 
Right, good. I'm glad. Um, so, mate, I haven't really asked you. Did you enjoy it or not? What did you think of it? I did. I did enjoy it, and I think I probably would have never read it if you hadn't recommended it. Will you? Will you read other ones in the run? Do you think or? I might well do. I've got the oddest memory that I was at a con with, with Tom. Right. And for for some reason, I was saying, I'm in the mood for Power Man and Iron Fist right. comics. Yeah. This was a few years ago. I was reminded of that reading this. And for the life of me, I can't think what I was thinking at the time. Okay. So, you know, it's just one of those vague memories that I'm confused by. And confused by a lot of things, Tony. Yeah, me too, man. You know, yeah. you know, there's one last thing just to mention in passing, if I may. It's got one of these, you know, the US Postal Service circulation boxes in it that you get in the issues. Yeah. So this one, I always like to have a look at them to see. And this one says, Iron, it was like circulation 105,000. Oh, right. Okay. I always look at them to see what the numbers were back then. Yeah, but, right. I mean, Power Man and Iron Fist wasn't like a top seller, was it? No. That, that trundled along and did all right. Yeah, sort, sort of survived, didn't it, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, uh, over 100,000 yeah. this was selling. There'd be whooping and hollering going on if that happened these days, you know. That would that would be a massive hit, wouldn't it? It would, days? yeah, it really would, yeah. yeah. Maybe we need to move back to that idea where you can just pick a comic up and read it. You don't have to worry about fucking 83 previous issues or, you know, why someone else is dressed as Batman. You know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, man. I'm glad you enjoyed that. We, we can stuff like that. Yeah, it was good. Good. Uh, we talk a little bit. Do you know? I must say, um, uh, I'm left with the idea that Iron Fist has never really grabbed me as a character. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think he's really redeemed himself in this issue. It's not really his story. This one. Yeah. It's Luke's story. Yeah, I think. So I, I think I'm it's... yet to find the Iron Man. Iron Fist story that that grabs me. I would suggest I think it's around issue seventy five. I think of this where they go back to Kyun Lun, um, and uh, he has to sort of does he go back to, to find his sister or something? I can't remember now. But there's something about him going back to Kyun Lun with um, with Luke. Luke goes with him, and because he's his friend, you know, it's one of those sort of things. And that's that's a pretty good issue, I have to say. It might be. He just wants to marry Iron Fist's sister because he's his brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was the that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's there's a few other notable ones. There's um, there's Sabretooth appears in a couple of issues and re- really done, dealt with really well before it just everything went mental. <laughs> mental Sabretooth, you know. Yeah, yeah. Iron Fist and Sabretooth. That's a thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, there's Those two. issue seventy nine is a really strange one. So one of the guys who's one of the three sons of the tiger is now a stage actor and mates with Luke and um, Luke and Danny, and he's in a play called I don't know I can't remember it's sort of like the end of tomorrow or something, and in it are these weird robots on wheels with laser pistols, and it turns out these these robots are real aliens, and Luke and um, Luke and Danny get in a fight with them and then escape by running into this old bookshop, which is much larger on the inside than the outside. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I've heard about this. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's That's a, good. Yeah, and it's this sort of... Oh, oh. use that. What was that? That was another phone. <laughs> I must apologise. That's fine. Um, and, yeah, so 75 is the double-sized issue. Um, 
there's some burn issues early on in the run run there's some trevor von eden i really like his stuff um 50 issue 51 is mike zek and ernie chan so that's a good issue um mm -hmm. and issue 90s is sinkevich does an issue oh yeah so that's pretty cool uh, so did you read these all the way through and collect all the issues and, and all yeah that? so I, yeah. I i read spot i read the odd issue of power man just because it was a bit before my time really um i read the odd issue of iron fist and then i started collecting about 52 53 something like that and ran with it all the way through yeah i loved it absolutely loved it yeah bought it as a kid um, it was newsstands for me it was not newsstand it news agents was okay. where i was buying it yeah yeah not easy to come through. the two adverts and it was the two single adverts with their face and they were pointing to the side <laughs> yeah. one was luke cage and one was uh iron fist do you remember that i'm not sure actually maybe yeah it was uh I can't even remember what he was saying. It was like, hey, don't tell Luke, but, you know, buy the comic or something. Uh, and right, then okay. In the other ad, it was a close-up of the other one saying, hey, don't tell him, but blah, blah. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it's nice to see that they're still mates now in the comics. I kind of like the relationship. You know, it's sort of this legacy of, you know, just them being mates and stuff. Um, the recent run starts with um, Luke babysitting uh danny's kid so that danny can go off and fight a dragon or something you know it's like that sort of thing so it's kind of cool um right yeah no that's good stuff so let's talk a little bit about you mate now so you have had the triumphant um uh comic you you, you had the triumphant kickstarter didn't you so that went well with the tay bridge disaster that's right yes no one sale online <laughs> grab a copy good now i was wondering because that's got this sort of historical element to it isn't it that um because it's, it's it's an incident that you're interested in for those that don't know the tay bridge is the bridge near your house essentially isn't it you know um yeah is there an is there another sort of localized history thing that you would you would consider doing again or a local character or something like that would that something that you'd pursue I do, I do have another idea that I'm mulling over in the back of my mind. Right. But I'm not sure. I'm not. Don't know how viable it is. Uh, don't know if so you're ready to say it out loud. Back. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Don't want to jinx it yet by saying it. I know, I know the feeling. That's right. So what else? Yeah. What else are you working on at the moment, dude? Well, I've been um, concentrating on putting together my next collection. Okay, like an anthology, a collection of short stories. An anthology. Or? Yeah. Yes. So it's called Booze Ha Ha. Right. And uh, I've got a bunch of guest artists, as usual, that have sent scripts off to. Oh, nice. So I hope they're all beavering away on them. And I've been working on the cover this week. Uh, so I'm. Oh, nice. Done so it's nearly, it's nearly done then for the sound of things. Yeah, I'm starting to tie all the things together. In order to uh, to get it printed up, yeah, oh, be a few months yet, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ever plan? You got and, the um, um, that comic smell comic <laughs> issue two as well coming, haven't you? Yeah, we're working away on that. Um, when we get a minute here and there, cool. That's on that's on the uh, that's on the the back burner as well. Uh, I can see, I don't know. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, should I say it? We're hoping to get it out this year. Remember I kept saying that with the first one? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, that was more to do with it. It wasn't your response. You know, it was somebody else was being a bit slow out of your control, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. 
we're, we're working away on that, and uh, I'm sure that'll be good when it comes out. Cool. Well, I should. That's not for me to say, but I'm going to enjoy working on it. Cool. I think I've got the yeah. um, I've got the next um, episode of that comic smell lined up to listen to tomorrow. So when I'm out in the car, so I'm looking forward to that. Captain America, yeah. Captain America, and then listener questions. I think was the two bits of it, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So looking forward to that. Um, and you got any other? What's what's next in the pipeline for that? Have you got a few saved up, or you get do you get together every week or anything? I'm not really sure. What do you do? I don't get together every week. It's more like every every month. Okay. Maybe a bit. Maybe a bit more regular than that. Are you able to actually meet but, now, though, Dave? Are you? Or... Well, we're planning to for the next one. Oh, good. And I know the next one is going to be picking up the Justice League International again. Oh, I enjoyed that one. Do you know what? I listened to that the last one you did. I listened in the car when I came to see you at that pub. Cool. That's the last yeah. time I heard it. So that that'll be about what nine months ago. The last one came out, I think. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. And um, conventions are opening up soon too, as well. Are you are you gonna table at Thought Bubble again this year, or no? We're not signed up for for anything yet. I I'm kind of just. I think I'm just expecting it all to be cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too pessimistic. You know? Yeah, I know. I keep thinking about so, that. I can... uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully not. I mean, that's just me being pessimistic. Ignore me. It will be going ahead. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I didn't say Frank Miller and all that is involved now, wasn't he? Yeah, Frank Miller's at Thought Bubble. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah so that's so there you go. Uh but no, I'm not I'm not going uh yet. Right. Because um, 'cause I'm too uh too negative. I'm a negative nanny. <laughs> well I hope you do make it, man, because it was good you were good company last time, or years ago that it was now, but yeah, it was a good laugh last time. Have you got any like local ones yeah. coming up? Is the was there is the Glen Rothes one coming back or anything like that or I haven't heard about that. There was going to be a Dundee one. Right. I think it was actually going to be in March 2020. Okay, all right. You know, whatever it was, it was just when this whole thing kicked off, so it got cancelled. Yeah, last minute sort of thing. But I was, I was going to be tabling at that and stuff. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit out of the way of it all. Oh, um, they all do, man. We're not and, the, we're not the hot I, young I, things, are we, these days? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I never was though. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I, I was the cold young thing. <laughs> now I'm the knackered old bastard. <laughs> it won't be the same without you and Stuart <laughs> and Siddhartha. It won't be the same. Yeah, but we'll see. Hopefully, you can make it. Well, you never know. You never know. Yeah, we might take a month and then go. Oh, let's just go this weekend or something. Yeah, it's good shouting it. Yeah, yeah. Drive down. We'll, we'll get something uh, at some point. Just don't know when. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. But, it'll... but you're going. You tabling and, and things there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm not actually sure. I'm, I think. Well, the pod's got a table, so I'll be tabling there. But I'm sort of thinking about booking a couple for either the pod no brow or for tribute at the moment. And there's a couple popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed there's one advertising down the tubes this week called Meanwhile in Coventry, and Coventry is not too bad for me. It's only about fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about that one as well. Yeah, I might do a few. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. I got the test prints through for Atomic Hercules three, to, uh, Atomic Hercules four today. So, quite excited. And, oh, wow. Yeah, we're very excited. So we're just about to get a print with that. So let's see, let's see how that goes. See what comes up. We might table with that. You know. Um, yeah. Good stuff, man. So where can we find you online, Dave? Where can we find your work? Well, you look me up, Fred Egg Comics. <laughs> Google that. 
That's what I F R E D Fred Egg Comics, not Fred, Fred which is egg. apparently how they say fried in Dundee, and I never knew that until I heard that podcast the other day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You'd never. Wow, that's interesting. You hadn't heard me tell them that story before. No, not that it was Fried Egg Comics, is how I would say it, but you, your firm would say mm. it that way. No, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, for, yeah. See, I say that because um, being me on all these podcasts, <laughs> I've told that story you know a million times oh, right. but there's always somebody that hasn't heard it yet, there you go you know, that's so. right every comic someone's so, first comic the same as that isn't it? that's right yeah yeah <laughs> so you get asked it would be rude not to answer wouldn't it yeah yeah i think so yeah <laughs> uh good stuff man so uh twitter and uh you've got your blog going your blog's quite busy still um yep and you've got the right. podcast and you've got all the comics being made you're a busy man at the moment Trying to, yeah. yeah, trying to fit it all in. Yes, yeah, with it? Uh, with my new reduced reduced comics time, time hours. <laughs> yeah, such as life. Yeah, real life taking over. That's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh-huh. Good stuff, man. And um, we'll have a chat in a minute, but hopefully catch up in a month or so with the next one. Good stuff. Thanks, dude. Mm-hmm.